Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. I am Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Uh, sorry about there being no episode last week. I had a succession of um, issues with my teeth. Uh, one of my teeth broke and then I tried to get it fixed and then the filling came out so I had to have it done again. And I have a terror of dentists so this was all quite traumatic for me. I was not having a good time so let us draw a veil over last week and we can continue as if uh, it never happened. So at the suggestion of uh, our demon lord of the Radio Sega playlist, Nicholas Haman, we will be looking at a selection of games which were originally available as part of the short-lived Sega MegaNet, but thankfully then release, uh, received a physical release for the Mega CD in 1994. Uh, this would be a reference to Game no Kazume Volume 1. There is a Volume 2 which I will talk about at another date, uh, but for this this particular episode, I will cover the first volume. Game no Kazume, or Canned Game, were released in a pretty unique format. Uh, most Mega CD games, as you're probably already aware, were released in uh, dual cases that look an awful lot like the Mega CD. Uh, Um, so they, they were put in jewel cases that were roughly resembling um, your ordinary CD cases. Sega decided that they were going to make a bit of a pun by containing uh, these CDs for these canned games within cans. Yep, nice one Sega. 10 out of 10 forever. Um, I think it's, it's kind of a, a, a prelude to what we would now refer to as a steelbook. I think it's kind of it could be could be classified as a predecessor to that concept. Electric Boogaloo is saying Sega value games in a can. <laughs> uh, Resident SD is saying good evening, good evening, Resident SD, and hello to Nicholas the man who is listening to the episode that he suggested. Um, Jamie's saying more like he's the slave of the playlist. Nicholas works very hard on updating our playlist. He he. The, uh, the Radio Sega play uh, playlist is actually enormous. I mean, somebody told me it's something like uh, nearly four terabytes now, which is something ridiculous. I probably have misremembered that, but it's enormous. Uh, so Nicholas works very hard. Um, volume 1 of uh, Game No Kazume contained 11 games, which I'm not going to talk about all of them because a lot of them are very, very small and they're quite similar to each other, so I don't want to bore you. So I'll just go through some of the more interesting and unique games that were featured on this series. Uh, Nicholas is saying it would be odd if you uh, if I wasn't listening to the episode I suggested. It would be a bit odd, but it's not completely unheard of. And Electric Boogaloo's helpfully posted a picture of uh, one of the, the cans that the that these games came in, these game game compilations, I should say. Uh, Resident SC is saying the work that Nicholas Mann does is ridiculous. It really is. He he works very very hard. We are very lucky to to have him on board. So let's uh, cover the first game, uh, which would be Flicky. 
Uh, this is a game that you're probably familiar with because it's been released multiple times across a multitude of consoles and arcade machines. And Flicky, um, as a was kind of a as a predecessor to Sonic, was kind of like the a sort of a Sega mascot, but not really. Um, and of course, Flicky Birds then subsequently turned up in Sonic. So in this in this game, you play as Flicky, a bird who is out to rescue their other feathery friends who are called Pio Pio, uh, from cats called Nyana, and iguanas called Choro. Uh, <laughs> cats called Nyana. <laughs> um, I shouldn't find that as amusing as I do, and I should loop the talk bit with my extremely clicky mouse. I swear to God, Black Friday, I'm going to have to try and get another mouse because this is the clickiest mouse in the universe. Anyway. So each level of Flicky has various platforms that you have to jump across to collect POPs while avoiding the Anan and the Choro. And once you have them all, you can then make your way to the level exit, which is often where you started. Somebody says Puyo Puyo, Puyo not Puyo Puyo. Close, but no cigar. So, hello, multiclass geek. Um, if you get touched by the Nyanan or the Choro, you will lose a life, but you can uh, find objects littered across the level which you can throw at them to knock them off the level and net you an extra point. After increasing numbers of rounds, you can get to a bonus stage where a pair of Nyanan are catapulting Pio Pios into the air and you have to catch them as they fall. Uh, the more you get, the more points you receive. And Jamie's saying, don't forget the Flickies become the main focus in Sonic 3D. Yes, they do. I quite like the Flickies, they're quite cute. And of course, if you get all of the Super Emeralds in Sonic and Knuckles as Tails, uh, you get uh, four Super Flickies who will attack things for you. <laughs> they're ridiculously overpowered, you just have to stand at one side of the stage and the Flickies will just murder everything in your path. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, Flicky was kind of like a standard uh, platformer for the time. A lot of European platformers used a very, very similar setup. Uh, Jamie, I'm not a she, I'm a they. And yeah, they do have. Uh, the, I'm using the Japanese names, so they do have other names Chirp, Flicky, Tiger, and Iggy. But I'm using Japanese names because Japanese game. But let's have some music, shall we? Um, so from our very own Rexy, we've got Flicky's Night Out uh, for Starlight, and then for uh, our first request of this evening, we've got from Hero in the Sky a track called A Walk, which was requested by Electric Boogaloo. So enjoy those, and I'll be back after the break to talk about a game called Hyper Marbles.
Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. This is Nicolas Aman, the demon ruler of the Radio Sega playlist. And you're listening to... The Hidden Palace. Hero in the Sky um, background BGM or BGM. Yeah, I got the name of the uh, the game wrong. It's actually called A War Hero in the Sky, um, and that the song is actually just called BGM because the dashes and things were very confusing, and the only other source I could find to tell me the name of the things in Japanese, which wasn't very helpful. Uh, because Sega Retro was having one of its moments where it decided it wasn't going to load. Sega Retro, I love you guys, really, I do. You're incredibly helpful to me. But please upgrade your servers. <laughs> please. Uh, anyway. And before Hero in the Sky, we had Rexy's Flicky's Night Out for Starlight. Uh, you get to hear Rexy on doing her Sega Mixer Drive show tomorrow, so make sure to tune in for that. 
But for now, you can listen to me talk a bit more about uh, Canned Game, or Game no Kazume. So next up we have Hyper Marbles, which is a futuristic game, sort of like Dodgems, really. Uh, you play as a large blue marble-like ship thing, and you have to bash your opponents, who are also these spherical ship things that are in various different sizes, and you have to bash them into electrical fences, with each round getting harder and harder as enemies increase in size, so, therefore, in mass, it makes them harder to move. And there's also obstacles that start appearing. Um, so obstacles will get in the way of the fence, so it makes it harder to get your opponents into them. There's also rounds where the fences move around, and areas of the arena floor which will bounce you about if you run into them. Uh, the only action you can actually take is a boost which will let you ram into your opponents. So it's a case of lining up carefully, choosing your moment, and hitting the boost button. If anyone makes a comment about modern Sonic, I will be displeased. There are 20 rounds in total, after which you get a conclusion to the story, but because it's all in Japanese, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I did look up a couple of these games. Uh, I've got a couple of them that are on my emulators, so I had a look at a couple of them, and I... I Apart from kind of the vague gameplay of this thing, I don't know what the story is. If any of you know, please tell me, because I have not got a clue. Electric Bubble has helpfully put up a video of some gameplay of Hyper Marbles. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know what's going on. It looks interesting though. What else is going on in the chat? Um, Jamie's talking about Action 52 for some reason. Oh, the sample in um, the Hero in the Sky track. Uh, it says it sounds like the one that was used in Action 52. Oof, Action 52. I I have spoken briefly about Action 52 because uh, though the, the NES version is the most infamous, there was a version that was for the Mega Drive, which is better in pretty much every respect than the uh, the infamous NES version. It's still not brilliant, but it's at least competently made and, you know, functions for the most part, unlike the NES version. Um, oh yeah, somebody was asking me earlier if I'm going to talk about the, um, the Sega VR discovery that's been made. Uh, somebody has actually managed to put together a way to emulate the discontinued Sega VR system. So if you have a VR headset you can actually emulate what this would have looked like. Because nerd's gonna nerd. And I entirely approve. At some point I will actually test this thing because I do have a, an Oculus Rift and you can set it up so it, work, it works with OpenVR, the open source system. Um... So it looks pretty interesting and I do want to try this, but I'm actually thinking about doing it for work uh, for Human Game Collective, the, the website I work for. So you'll have to go there if you want to see my thoughts on Sega VR, I'm afraid. Um, Electrical is saying, ah yes, Action 52 on Genesis, programmed by Farsight Studios of Pinball Arcade theme. So yeah, um, as opposed to... Action 52 on the NES. It was programmed by people who actually had a vague idea what they were doing. 
Um, Jamie's saying, uh, do you think they could do a worse than the NES version of Action 52? Um, that's a tricky one. Get off a cartridge that didn't function at all. I guess. But other than that, mm, no, probably not. Uh, I imagine it's people who had more programming experience and better yet, more development experience. Yes, probably. Um, related Sega Retro Wonder Mega Collection. What's this? <laughs> Multiclass Geek saying two words Spectrum version. No! Let's not go there. Let's move on and have some music instead. Um, so from Hypermarbles, uh, we've got BGM number four. And then from another request from Electric Bulo, this week time we've got Fatal Labyrinth, main theme. Uh, Electric Bulo's two requests this week are actually from volume two of, uh, the, of Can Game, which I will talk about at a, on a subsequent date, but not today. Uh, but I've still got some pretty good music, so enjoy those, and I'll speak to you after the music break.
And we are back. And that was Fatal Labyrinth main theme, uh, requested by Electric Boogaloo. It's actually from uh, volume two of um, Game no Kazume. But it's still quite a nice song. Uh, before that we had Hyper Marbles BGM number four. And Dan's saying uh, Fatal Labyrinth is interesting. And Greyforce saying, I've played a mobile game that's similar to it, especially when you use the potions that you have no idea what they do. And that just reminded me of um, the last expansion for World of Warcraft. They had these scenarios called Horrific Visions where you went into them and there were potions and these potions could either... Uh, there was a sanity mechanic and they could either like reduce your sanity, increase your sanity or give you various effects. And some uh, using some of them was like really bad, and it would it they, but it, the what the potions did would randomise each time you went into the scenario. So it was annoying. Uh, Electrical is saying uh, Wonder Mega Collection was a pack-in disc with the Victor Sega Wonder Mega Wonder Mega consoles, naturally, which included four games, three Sega game library titles, Paddle Fighter, Flicky, and Pyramid Magic, all of which I'm going to be talking about this evening. Uh, and Quiz Scramble, which I'm not. Uh, hello, Callum. I uh, must have missed the alert. Are you here now, though? You are quite welcome to join us. Uh, and uh, Electrobuggler was also saying um, that uh, one of the tracks sounded like a faster version of one of the songs from the Sega Game, Sega Game Library cartridge. I can say words. Right. So, moving on, um, when me and Grayfall go to any arcades, one of the things that we like to actually do is we like to find the air hockey table. Um, particularly if it's the Pac-Man air hockey table. Uh, the Sonic air hockey is pretty good, but Pac-Man is hilarious because periodically it will just dump a load of extra pucks onto the table. And then you have to kind of flail around knocking the pucks away. It's, it's hilarious. Anyway. If you're asking why I mention this, it's because the next game is called Paddle Fighter, where you basically play air hockey. You try to sink your puck into your opponent's goal, a total of seven goals each round. However, unlike air hockey, the goal can increase in size the longer the round goes on for, making it harder for you to defend your, uh, your side, but also more difficult for your opponent. You also find that you and opponents get special moves which you can use a limited number of times per round. Your first opponent is has a really weird name and I'm not sure if it's like a, a translation error or something but his name is U equaled Mazla. And he looks kind of strange because he looks kind of like a, a donkey or maybe a camel. Probably a bit more like a camel uh, only he's wearing a suit. And he has the ability to produce ghost pucks onto the field uh, to confuse you. It's slightly odd. I mean, it's um, it looks quite fun, but the the computer opponents are a bit broken. They will mostly kick your ass. Uh, now let's start talk about some of the more complicated games. We've got Fantasy Star Two. Uh, now I'm not meaning the Fantasy Star Two that we're all aware of. Uh, on the Master System. Instead, these are a total of four separate games where you play as four separate characters. 
There's Amir, a hunter who hunts other hunters who have gone rogue. Huey, a biology scholar. Shika, the only child of a wealthy family who turns to thievery to add some excitement to her life. And Yushis, who... Um, those who have actually played Final Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Star 2 uh, will know better as Rolf. Each game is set before the actual events of the Fantasy Star 2 that were available. Uh, that we're aware of. And these are all text-based adventures. Uh, you can pick a compass direction and you'll be told what you see, after which you get to use the commands move, look, take, use and drop to help you progress through the game. So pretty standard text adventure stuff. You'll also have HP, which can be used during battle sequence, and MST, or Meseta, which is the currency used in the shops. And I was saying, oh, the Fantasy Star 2 adventure games. Yeah, they're not very well known outside of Japan, these. Um, but some dedicated fans have actually uh, done uh, conversions of them. Fancy Star 2 is on the Mega Drive, sorry. Did I say Master System? I don't know why I said Master System. <laughs> Metropolis Street Racer is a currency. <laughs> well, I have two of them, so I guess that makes me rich. Uh, Doan is basically a guru of Fancy Star franchise. That's true. No, wait, that's an MSR. MST. So, uh, Mystery Science Theatre. Mystery Science Theatre occurrences in this universe, apparently. <laughs> Let's have some more music then before things get any more strange. Uh, Fancy Star 1 was on the Master System. Yes, I know. I meant the, uh, the Mega Drive. I don't know why I said the Master System. Possibly because I'm an idiot. Uh... So, let's have some music instead, so you can all tell me what a moron I am. Um, so let's have some music from Paddle Fighter. And then uh, we've got, uh, from SegaCon, the best Sega game music, we've got the title demo from Fantasy Star 2. Enjoy those, and I'll come back after the break to talk about Pyramid Magic. Rapsy here, and you are listening to the amazing Hidden Palace on Radio Sega.
back. And that was SegaCon, best of Sega game music, title demo from Fantasy Star 2. And before that we had from Paddle Fighter, the ending theme. And Electric Boogaloo is saying that uh, Mystery Science Theatre are going to be doing their annual Turkey Day Marathon. I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch that in the UK because um, sometimes streams are geo-locked, which is incredibly annoying. I mean, I could um, use uh, use insidious methods to get around the block, but I don't know if I can be bothered, <laughs> Especially, depending on what time it's broadcast. Anyway, uh, lastly we have Pyramid Magic. Uh, this is a puzzle game where you play as an explorer as he travels through the many rooms inside a pyramid. Uh, throughout the game you have to pick up rocks and move them to get to higher sections and open wooden crates to open chests which eventually let you uncover a scroll which banish banishes the mummy ghost which blocks your exit. Mummy and a ghost. Okay. Uh, your characters stand two blocks tall and you get and to get into single block high areas you have to be carrying a boulder which causes you to hunch over. You can also kick crates to open them as well as chests if you have the right key and you can break certain blocks by double jumping on them. Uh, this game had a couple of sequels, Pyramid Magic 2 and 3. Well, they're not really sequels, but more of a continuation of the first game. Uh, the second game provides harder levels, while the third introduces a new mechanic, where along with unlocking the exit, you have to carry a fragile water jar to the exit. It's only the only game with a different music track. There was one last Pyramid Magic game released on this disc, which is called Pyramid Magic Special, which is a retooled version of the first game, but with the additional obstacles to make the levels a little less straightforward. Um, I've been in pyramids because I've been to Egypt, and they're not actually that impressive. They're mostly solid with like a couple of rooms carved into them. Uh, the Great Pyramid uh, in Giza is actually like you walk up this really, really, really long tunnel that's um, only like you it's like child child height so I was six at the time so I was fine but all the adults have to kind of belt, bent double to get through this tunnel and then you walk out into this like empty room with a stone sarcophagus and some graffiti on the wall and that's it <laughs> I mean it's cool to see the pyramids and everything but the actual inside of the Great Pyramid is a bit disappointing if you do get a chance to Egypt, I do recommend it, uh, but go to the Valley of the Kings in Luxor and Luxor Temple, because uh, that's much more interesting. Let's have some more music then. Uh, so I couldn't find any music for Pyramid Magic, uh, which is a bit sad, um, but there's a couple of tracks um, already on my hard drive which are related to pyramids. So instead we've got from Team Sonic Racing, Clockwork Pyramid, Sandopolis, and then from Persona 5, Treading on Scorched Sand, which is the track that plays outside of the Pyramid Dungeon from Persona 5. Uh, so enjoy those, and I'll be back after the break for Chiptune Corner.
Hi, I'm Resident SD, host of Lay and Live. And when it comes to boosting your Sega education, there's no better place than the Hidden Palace on Radio Sega. Persona 5, Treading on Scorched Sand, and before that from Team Sonic Racing we had Clockwork Pyramid, Sandopolis. Where are we? Oh yeah, Egyptian Corner then! So, uh, Wisconsin-based music Dice, or Dice, was experiencing considerable frustration back in 2006 because his repeated attempts to start his own bands seemed to always go nowhere. Then he discovered Chiptune and its unique sound and instantly fell in love with it. Uh, from there he started a Chiptune outfit referred to as Albino Ghost Monkey and became known for creating high energy power pop using Chiptune tools and for his frenetic live shows. Most of his stuff is pretty high energy and really suits the term power pop. So, from uh, I'll, uh, I'll post a link in the Discord chat to his SoundCloud. And here we have Albino Ghost Monkey Afterthought. Have a listen, let me know what you think. I'll be back after the break to finish off the show.
And we are back. And that was Albino Ghost Monkey with Afterthought. I think that's actually a pretty good track. Um, I encourage you to check out the rest of his work if you enjoyed that. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in today. Uh, stay tuned for Saturday Night Sega with Gavi, who's apparently going to do some Sonic R stuff. Um, and tomorrow you can expect the talents of the Last Minute Continue crew with the LMC cast and Rexy with Sega Mixer Drive. And since Gavi is doing, uh, Gavi is doing uh, something about Sonic R to celebrate the American release of Sonic R, which happened on this day way back in 1997. So, I think, to lead into his show, we're going to have a bit of sunshine. I've been Skyblaze, and this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Take care, everybody. Thanks again. Good night.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.